Hello, hello, and welcome to episode one of the Pick and Play NBA show. We've got Leo, we've got Zell. We're going to give you a quick 15-minute introduction into the season. We're going to talk about Kyrie and what it means to the Nets, and then Leo's going to debut a new segment for us that's going to carry us through the year. Leo, let's take it in. Hey, on channel 5, I don't channel 10 till it go time. Used to throw up my uncle's spaghetti. Been taught to toast since before I was ready. Back when my mama told me that I was challenged. A single black woman, you know that she petty. I turned a heavy heart to two million dollars. I put that in totals, reverse out of day. I gotta, I gotta put on the Okay. We start the NBA season two weeks away, right? Not very far. We're gonna have a full, full show coming up, but Big news has broken in the NBA over the last 10 days, and we want to dive into this now and kind of segment it and put it off to the side so we can carry on with the season. A couple weeks ago, Kyrie Irving said, today, tomorrow, never. Not getting the vaccine. Doesn't matter if I have to walk to the end of the flat earth, I'm not getting the vaccine. He decides that if I'm not going to do this, you cannot play in Cali and you cannot play in New York. The Nets begin to prepare for a season where Kyrie would Frankenstein these games together, only being able to play in states that don't have these vaccine mandates. What has come out in the last, what, 24 hours is that the Nets are going to go forward without Kyrie in any capacity until he gets vaccinated. Zell, let's start with you. What does this mean for the Nets season? I mean, to be honest... I think they should still be one of the top three teams in the East just because that trio of Kyrie, Harden, and KD is insane. So I think with Harden and um, KD, as long as those two guys stay healthy, they should still be one of the top three teams in the, um, the East. But I definitely think it hurts their you know shot at the championship, um, even potentially getting out of the East. Uh, I like what the Heat have done. Um, the addition of Lowry, I think, will be big for them. P.J. Tucker, um, you know, Giannis is still there, defending champion. So you got to put some respect on him. So I think long term for them, it'll be a bigger problem than just navigating through the regular season and stuff like that. Um, I was curious to really see if they were going to just be like, yo, we're going to let this dude be a part-time player. But they put their foot down and was like, hey, if you're not eligible to play, no vaccine, you're not playing at all. So or practicing until you're a full participant. So I, I think when it comes, you know, playoff time, if he's still not playing, that's when it'll be a bigger problem for them than it is just like, you know, navigating through the regular season and things like that. Kyrie is definitely not Andrew Wiggins. You know, Andrew Wiggins said, I'm standing tall. Uh, I'm not getting this vaccine. I'm doing what I think is right. <laughs> And then about two days later, my man said, yeah, I'm vaxxed up. I'm ready to roll. Let's do this. <laughs> yeah. He said, not I don't much think of a choice, Kyrie huh? Is that. Right, right. Kyrie's not that like, guy. I actually sure think that Kyrie will stand strong in his stance. However you feel about that stance is, you know, how you feel about it. But he's definitely going to stand for what he believes in. I think that that's a huge problem for the Nets because that takes them from favorite to contender. And now you say being a contender is still good, Leo. I mean, that's not too big of a problem. Being the favorite's fucking better. And, yeah. and yeah. if they have Kyrie, they have they have to be the favorite. You can't really debate yep. them being the favorite if they're at full strength. But if it's just Durant and Harden, now I think the Bucks might be able to get them. Now I think the Sixers, if they take care of what you know what they need to take care of, it's possible. And now I think the Lakers could beat them. You know, they're not the favorite. They're not 
they're nowhere near as scary if it's just KD and Harden. And I know that sounds crazy because those are two top five players, arguably. But having Kyrie takes it over the top. It's not over the top if Kyrie's gone the whole year. Yeah, who would have thought that Andrew Wiggins, you know, was all talk and no show? (laughs) (laughs) You know? Shout out Andrew Wiggins. Uh let's I, I really want to talk about the audacity of that fucking man. Um he was teammates with Kat, Carl Anthony Towns, whose mother and a huge part of his family has died to COVID. You were his teammate for a long time. You go to LA, you get on front of the stage, you say some reckless fucking shit, and then they go, Andrew, I know you're a bit of an idiot and you didn't think this out. But if you don't show up, you don't get paid. And he went, what? <laughs> uh, okay. Uh, I'm vaccinated. I'm fucking vaccinated. Yeah, same day no he fucking went got shot up. Right. Same day. Went, <laughs> he was like, hey, man, it, it me means now. you don't get paid. He went, oh, shit. I think the bigger thing with the Nets here is when you have the big three, and I think if you walk through the NBA last year, except for the Bucks, and except for Phoenix, which – Go figure those are the two teams that make the finals. No one lost one of their top, you know, they those teams didn't lose one of their top three players. But everyone else pretty much did. Uh, in L.A., you lost Wiggins, you lost Murray. Um, if you're in Denver, there were a lot, a lot, a lot of big twos and big threes that lost one of their pillars. Losing Kyrie or Kyrie not playing really just puts you on a razor's edge Harden did not get healthy all last year. KD was coming off an injury. The healthiest person may be Kyrie, although he didn't finish the last year with an injury either. And now you're going into this going, hey, we've got a big three. The big three doesn't materialize at all in week one. And I mean, in year one. And now in year two, it's not even going to make an appearance on stage. This is kind of what you get when you, you know, when, when you when you pick up. Uh, Kyrie, like, I, I think you know that, that this is what you're getting into. And, and now if you're the Nets, you've got this salary tied up. Uh, you're a play, Let's say you're a player in that locker room. You're friends with Kyrie. But when it comes to the season, you know, you're, let's say, uh, let's just do a little exercise. You're James Harden. You're here in New York. You're with Kyrie. You're with Katie. This was all part of the plan. And now Kyrie is out. You're James Harden. You're going for a championship ring. Leo, does this leave you a little salty? For sure. I think it starts from the top down. You know, if, if KD went and got his vaccine, if, if James Harden went and got his vaccine, Blake Griffin, LaMarcus Aldridge, you know, if all these guys that are leaders in that locker room, if they go and get it done, I know it sounds stupid. It kind of sounds like a peer pressure thing, but that kind of stuff trickles down to the rest of the roster, right? So if if all the leaders of the team say, hey, we're ready to roll, we're doing this for the team, you you kind of probably do look at the other teammate who's not riding like, damn, bro, like you, that's what we're doing, you know? Like I thought we were going to go win a championship. I, I could see it rubbing people the wrong way. Yeah, um, I – I definitely would feel some type of way, regardless of like how close of my homie he is or not, you know, just putting myself in the shoes of KD and James Harden. It's like, damn, you know, we kind of working all this together. We went and got it. You know, I I don't think there's anything wrong with him standing by his own, you know, personal decision. But for me to put myself in KD or James Harden shoes and not say I would even feel slighted a little bit, I'd be lying. So I definitely would feel some type of way. And as everybody knows, Kyrie's my boy. Like I will go to bat for him as like one of the players that I support, you know, a hundred percent. 
But definitely think, you know, if I was his teammate, I'd definitely have some slight and saltiness feeling type of way about it for sure. When I, if I was in the locker with Kyrie first, we are now going to Kyrie's legacy, regardless of anything, is going to go down with a big headline saying, this man was difficult to deal with. That is what the headline is going to say. Come hell or high water, Kyrie is phenomenal on the court. If Kyrie wasn't a top 25 player in the NBA, he wouldn't get looks. They would not deal with him. This man is a headache everywhere he's been. And there are always reasons, right? But there are always reasons in life to get mad at something or react some way. Kyrie's just been Kyrie. If I'm KD or I'm Harden, I'm pissed as shit. I'm like, we all have the vaccine. All of us have it. Just go get it, man. We are talking about trying to win a championship. And he's just like, no. And you're like, what's your reason? And it really comes down to he just doesn't want to do it. Um, and and it, it I, I don't really get it. Like, if I'm in that locker room, I really wouldn't get it. I really wouldn't understand what he was doing. Um, at, but at the end of the day, it's one of those, like, fool me once, shame on me, fool me twice. And uh, here we are again. We're 18 months into Kyrie being on a team. And, oh, guess what? We don't know if Kyrie's going to play for that team ever again. I mean, here it is again. You can't trade him now. Completely can't trade him. Can't cut him. Just got to deal with it. Kyrie, once again, it's all about Kyrie. That's all the media is going to talk about. We're two weeks away. Um, What percentage chance, Leo, do you give it that Kyrie... Give me the percentage that he's available for game one. He goes and gets the vax like today or already has done it. And Kyrie has the thing where he's like, oh, I've been vaccinated. I've just been saying it's a personal choice. And he does something weird like fucking that. Um, what are the percentage of chances he plays week one? Then the percentage he plays by the all-star break and percentage he plays at all. Week one, I'm going 0%. Well, I don't think we're going to see Kyrie on opening day. No way. Uh, I would definitely – I don't – I don't think we're going to see him this year. Zero I, across the board. I think zero across the board. I, if it's going to come down to him doing Shoot. that, he just seems like the person that's going to ride or die with whatever stance he's taking. And that's how I see it playing out this season. I don't think we're going to see Kyrie in 2021. Zell? Yeah, that man Kyrie, he he beats his own drum, you know, regardless of what the rules are, enforcement and things like that. Uh no chance we see him by, you know, week one, um, the beginning opening night, beginning games. I think there is a slight chance we may see him before the All-Star break. I'd put it at like 20%. 20%. It also depends what that record's looking like at that time. Right. You know, if if they're winning, we're, I don't think we're going to see him. It's if they start struggling that you might get some pressure, then you know we might end up seeing them at that point. All right. Well, we have a new segment today that we're going to be kicking off for the NBA season. We have a four and out segment we like to throw in on the NFL side. Uh, Leo, why don't you break it down for us? All right. So like you said, every week or almost every week, we try to hit you guys with a four and out segment just to break it up, have some fun, ask some trivia questions or just some open ended narrative questions. We're right back with that for the NBA season, and it is going to be called Fast Break. So with our first Fast Break segment, Matt, we'll start with you. Who is your league pass team of the year this year? 
Not necessarily the team that you think is going to be the best, but who's that team that every night you're going to check and see if they're on the schedule, see if you can get in an hour or two of their games? Uh, I, I think it's going to be New Orleans. I'm really going to be locked in on Zion. It's going to be one of those teams that I don't know how. Uh, so here's the other thing. I have not looked at how often they're going to be putting these, uh, putting them on like national stages. But for me, I think, you know, when I'm looking, um, I, I want to see this, the star power of Zion. And that's who I'm going to be tuned in for, honestly, every moment I can. Okay, I like it, Zell. League pass team of the year. New Orleans is a good one. Like that, like that pick. Um, I'm going with the Charlotte Hornets. Um, Lamelo, 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 man, he is he is must watch, must see TV. Um, Miles Bridges, I, I like you know that connection that they have, and I've been tooting up my guy James Booknight. I think he went to the perfect team. He can play off of those guys. Scary Terry, you already know he's gonna come with some, you know, crazy stuff, a game winner, something like that. But the Hornets are definitely going to be my lead pass team. Somebody I'm always going to have to keep my eyes on. The Hornets are definitely a good one. I paid a lot of attention to them last year. For me, this season, I think it's going to be the Chicago Bulls. I've been watching a lot of them in the preseason. They've got Levine, who I've always been interested in. But now they got my boy Lonzo. My man Caruso's over there. I've been paying attention to Patrick Williams since last year. I think he has high potential. And I just think the, the Bulls with Vucevic and all the guys that I just mentioned, they got some potential. They they might be like a, a six, seven seed. You know, maybe it'll be a play-in situation where they're fighting for it at the end. But I just think that they're going to be a lot better than they have before that they have been before now that they have some veterans to kind of raise their floor a little bit. Yeah, I like the Bulls. I like what they've done. Solid. All right, moving on. Zell, let's start with you this time. Surprise playoff team this year? And if you don't have a surprise playoff team, then give me your surprise disappointment. Hmm. Um, I think the surprise playoff team is actually going to be, to me, It'd be Toronto. Um, mm. And I think Toronto, just because I think last year with them being away from home, not being able to play in Canada, they were playing in Tampa and being back and forth. And then the injuries, I, I think it was just like a kind of a year from hell from them. Um, and I think they'll bounce back, you know, even with losing Lowry. Um, I love Fred Van Fleet, man. Ever since Wichita State, dude's been a dog. He's been, you know, under. I think feel like he's undervalued. I know he got paid, but I think he's definitely one of the best guards in the league. Um, I think Siakam hears all the noise, and he's probably going to step up this year. I could see them making, you know, probably a you know a playing game or even getting there like one of the eight seeds. I wouldn't be surprised about that. All right, Matt, you got a surprise playoff or a surprise disappointment team? Uh, you know, so here's where I'm at. This is a little. This is a little off wall. So someone may need to check me, but. I think the Indiana Pacers went through most of their season last year banged up, missing players like Levert and Warren, uh, never really getting to full strength. Now, they're going to start the year with a couple people still coming back. Uh, but I think this is a team that has talent at all five, you know, all five positions. You're going to go Brogdon, Lavert, Warren, Sabonis, and Miles Turner. I think there's a lot of usability there. This was a ninth seed last year that had ebbs and flows, really couldn't overcome the injuries, started to get healthy towards the end of the year, and it fell apart again. 
I think the Indiana Pacers could be a sneaky playoff team and one that kind of goes just every single night. When they get to the playoffs, they're going to get put in a plastic bag and dumped in the river. But I think all season long, they're going to be a team where it's like you can't take a night off against them. They're just going to be grinding. They have that Indiana edge to them. I'm going to go to the Pacers. I like that. I like that pick. And you've been consistent with the Pacers. You've been paying attention yeah. to them for at least like a year now. I, I see you. I've noticed that. You have an affinity for the Pacers. They're great. They're like a grit and grind of the East. Okay, I respect it. So we got one more here for our first fast break segment. Uh, I'll toss it back to Zell. Um, emerging talent this year. What's the, who's the young player that at the end of the year we're going to be looking at? Like, okay, he's almost ready to join that elite tier. Hmm. That's a good one. Um. I can start while you're still thinking. Yeah, yeah, you you go ahead, you go ahead, because I got a few in mind, and you might take the one I'm about to. I, I got one. I I got one now, but I think you might take it. Go ahead. So I think I'm really interested, and in, maybe this should have been my league pass team because I'm going to try to catch as many games as I can. But I'm really interested to see year two of Anthony Edwards. Yep, that's I think, what I was, yep. <laughs> <laughs> Last season, man, down the stretch, Anthony Edwards looked like he was an emerging star on the perimeter over there in, in Minnesota. And I know that it didn't turn into wins because that roster is just, bleh, you know, but – Regardless, I think that he might be one of those people that in year two take that step forward. And at the end of the season, we're saying Anthony Edwards might be ready to join that tier of maybe a Jason Tatum, a Devin Booker. You know, maybe not the elite of the elite, but I think that this season he could take a big step forward into stardom. Uh, for me, it's really going to be so I'm stuck between two, right? One of them is LaMelo Ball, depending on how you view him today. I think LaMelo Ball already has superstar plays, but we didn't really see that team get hurt much when he wasn't in the lineup. So I'm looking for him to be more of a contributor overall. When, you, when he leaves the court, the impact's felt not just in the ESPN highlights, but in the overall production. So I'm looking for LaMelo Ball to kind of get more consistent. He got hurt last year, so maybe he holds that line and is able to push it through. The other player that I'd be looking at is we saw him hot the beginning of last year, and that was James Wiseman. A year in that system, mm. a year in that scheme. Can he develop there? They're going to get back Clay. The spacing's going to get better. He should be able to dominate underneath. So I'm looking at James Wiseman to be a contributor, and then I'm looking for LaMelo Ball ball to be more consistent yeah. all right Zell, round us out yeah i like all three of those and i'm gonna go with somebody who he was came onto the scene strong i think he actually went to the right team for the right fit and what they're kind of doing with their guards there but tyrese halliburton is mine um Ooh, just okay i think his iq of the game and the way he sees it on both ends is elite like it's already up there top level um, if he stayed, if he didn't get hurt last year, I think he arguably could have had a chance to win rookie of the year. Um, I like what, you know, the Kings are actually doing with their guards. They've got Fox, they've got Halliburton. They drafted Davion Mitchell this year. And I think Buddy Heald is still there. And I actually think they complement each other pretty well. Um, they might not all end the year together, but I think Halliburton will still be there. And I think if he stays healthy, he could definitely take that, you know, uh, next step and next jump into his sophomore season. Okay. I think we got it. All shots up there, huh? Yeah, it was a nice little nice little segment. I think we're good here. All right, nice. All right, well, Leo, Zell, we're coming up. We're in the thick of the NFL season. We got that going for you. We got the NBA going for you now. You're getting both the best of both worlds. Leo, take us out of here. All right, that's a wrap. Thank you for listening to another episode of the Pick and Play Show. Man, in all honesty, at this point, you know who you're listening to. But in case you don't, 
For the boy Gordo, for the boy Zell, my name is Leo. As usual, all we ask, if you enjoyed the episode, go ahead and send it to a friend of yours. We don't ask for much from you, so just go ahead and hook us up right there. We're going to be back next week with more NFL, more NBA. It's the best time of the year. I'm hype. NBA's back. Say, I do work. Six of like Mike.